Mai Haere Mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason Heal. I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute, and this is our weekly short-form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in-depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Natasha, welcome back to the podcast. It's always great to have you with us. It's always great to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Excellent. Well, we are talking about your recent column for Maxim, Beyond Emotivism. How does this make you feel? And what was the driving force or inspiration behind this column on emotivism? So I've been noticing for a little while that Stuff the News site, site yeah. they have these kind of little survey at the end of their pieces. Only certain ones. Yes, I'm still trying yeah, to figure out what the algorithm is yeah. for why certain pieces and not others. Yeah. But it can be a very complex and quite you know, comprehensive article. And then at the end of it, it just says, how does this make you feel? Yes. (laughs) You get an option of two emotions out of six. Out of six, yeah. And it just seems like they're pushing you to conceive of your your response to the entire subject matter, whatever the article happens to be about. Some complex political, economic, foreign policy discussion. And then how did this make you feel? Summarise all of your responses to it. And the only important aspect of what you're taking away from this article, apparently, is how does this make you feel? Mm. Mm. So I decided that I'd write something (laughs) about it. it. I'm going to write about it. Well, give me an example then of one of these articles that kind of made you feel... Right, so for, for the this uh, column itself, yes. I actually had to go looking for one yeah. because it's something I had noticed along the way, but I, it wasn't like I was keeping track of them. Yeah. It was actually difficult then to find one this <laughs> week, but I did. And it was, I mean, it's an article, it's about a, a new stalking offence that the Labour Party are considering bringing in if they're successful in the next election. And mm. the article itself goes into the details of a particular stalking offence, which was just horrific, yeah. and talks about the victim and, and all of these things that have happened. And then it kind of it has some of the comments that were made by the justice minister. It starts to go into you know why didn't Labour do something about this sooner? And you know it's so it's quite a comprehensive piece yeah. of political commentary. Yeah, and so taking from it, all case case you know the case itself. Look at the case that political happened. Discussion. Would this have happened yeah. if the law was already in place? Yeah. Why have Labour been so slow with this law? Here's what the justice minister says about it. Here yeah. are some of the legal ramifications if we do bring in a new law. Yeah, it's a lot to to consider. Yeah. And then we're not asking how does the end this of the make piece, you feel? Do you think this is a good idea? Yeah. Why? What do you think some of the consequences could be? No. How does this make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've got that side of it, but then also you've written that it seems that in other areas our emotions are kind of downplayed. So, in in one sense, we've got our emotions are all that matters in reacting mm. to a news story, but then in other matters. You've written here an example of emotions. Help me, kind of, help me hear her. Yes. Yeah. So, and I think we can all ju- kind of testify to this in our own lives. We're constantly told, you know, if it doesn't make you happy, abandon mm. it. You know, uh, co- contemplate your emotions all the time. Your emotions are very important. Yes. They're very instinctive. They can tell you everything you need to know. When you're feeling uncomfortable, that's very important. Mm. Let's do something about that. But then, at the same time, we kind of are. It's just because that child. So the, the example from Help Me Hero, she's, she's saying that a child, a 17-year-old girl, it's not really a child anymore, but a 17-year-old girl is only wanting to vote for the ACT Party because she's 
upset about how her parents are treating her at the moment mm. and how she feels mm. about the kind of the oppression of her parents and she wants to act out against them mm. by voting for, for that. Act party, yeah. And I, I think, again, you know, it's not that emotions are a useless form of interpreting one's environment. Mm. You know, if the, if the girl is feeling frustrated, yeah. it's a valid emotional response to what may be some of the restrictions in her life. So it's kind of on the one hand, emotions, they're everything. And on the mm. other hand, emotions are irrelevant yeah. And we should just ignore them in the political process. And yeah. I think actually, they're not nothing. Yes, they're not everything, but yes. they're definitely not nothing either. Yeah. So, so that was the kind of the point of the column. And you kind of came to a, at, at the end of the column a middle ground in that sense, didn't you? You said that um, uh, our emotions are an essential tool, but there are a lot of other resources in there. Absolutely, and yeah. I think you know, like with any tool, um, it's how are you using it. So. Your emotional response to something, it's almost like the pain instinct in a human. Mm. You know, you, you don't just take ibuprofen because you're in pain and ignore that there's probably some sort of source yeah. for the pain. And it's the same with our emotions. You know, if you have an emotional reaction, if you're feeling dissatisfied yeah. at the moment... A negative emotional a reaction. Neg a yeah, negative it's, in particular, yeah. but I mean... Also, you know, euphoria. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Let's take drugs and so yeah. feel euphoric. It's like, yeah. well, that's not actually... A helpful use of emotion either yes. but if in this particular instance we're talking about our negative emotions yeah. and if we're saying that we're feeling stressed if we're feeling angry or dissatisfied or dismayed mm. these are all very relevant emotions they're all the way that we're reading and experiencing the current climate mm. but ameliorating those feelings isn't going to actually resolve the situation itself yeah. just looking for change or looking for something new yeah what we actually need to say is what structurally is making me feel that way so yeah. do i feel that way because when i go to the grocery store i can't afford to buy basic groceries yeah, for my, for do my i feel that yeah. way because i don't feel like the country is heading in the direction that I, that i want it to head in do mm. i feel that way because i'm not hopeful about the education outcomes for my child yeah and when we look at those things then we say okay does the government have a role to play in those structural mm. things that are making me feel that way? Yeah. If so, which of the representatives that I can vote for are going to be able to do something about that? Yeah. So it's kind of pushing past those, noticing the emotions, and then, I guess, being self-aware enough to process and push past and go, well, what's the source of this? And then what can I do about it? Or how can I have someone else help me? do this yeah deal with this or fix who's, this problem. who's best place yeah. to do something about that yeah and so that should um as we come up to the election here in new zealand those sort of things are the things that we should be questioning policy who's going to be able to make those structural changes absolutely yeah so when we're in the voting booth on election day we make an informed mm -hmm. choice not an emotive choice so especially not one that's based on the football results. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yes. Whether the All Blacks win or lose, we don't want to, that's not going to affect the outcome of our election, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Natasha, thanks for being with us. Great thoughts this week. Thanks, Jason. And now let's hear from Natasha as she reads her column. Reading a recent article by Stuff, I was struck once again by a strong sense of frustration at their how-does-this-story-make-you-feel survey. Frustration, however, was not one of the six options provided. I suppose I could have chosen a combination of sad, concerned, and angry, but I was limited to two feelings, 
Recent research indicates a minimum of 27 distinct emotional categories. Restricting my choice to two seemed unfair. I was now both frustrated and resentful. The article in question discussed a new stalking offence that the Labour Party are considering if they are successful in the upcoming election. The story outlined the horrific details of one particular stalking incident, interspersed with a commentary on Labour's slowness to consider a change to the law and statements from the Justice Minister. The threads of personal and community tragedy, political analysis and policy pros and cons were woven into a complex web, evoking emotional reactions and rational deliberation. The reader was asked to summarise all of these thoughts and feelings into two of six emojis. Happy face, thoughtful face, mad face, sad face, meh face, or a thumbs up. If only they provided a face palm emoji. If this degree of emotivism and oversimplification were restricted to the fine people at stuff, I wouldn't lose any more sleep over it. However, research indicates that the knee-jerk emotional reactions endorsed by stuff are also driving the way that we vote. Findings of the Stanford Business School demonstrate that voters' choices depend on events that affect their emotional state, even when those events are unrelated to government activity. To test this, the research team analysed the effect that the outcome of sporting competitions has on voting patterns. An incumbent is less likely to be voted for if there has been an unexpected sporting loss in the lead-up to the election day. Incumbents are more likely to be re-elected if there is an unexpected victory. As a non-sports fan, I can't say what might be happening in the world of rugby around election time, but surely anything that holds true for sport can hold true for other beloved hobbies and life events. Advice columnist Hera Lindsay Bird even attributes the libertarian tendencies of a 17-year-old ACT supporter to her emotional frustration at not being listened to by her parents. So are emotions our enemy come election day? I don't believe so. Our emotions are an essential tool in our decision-making arsenal, but there are a lot of other resources in there. Our ability to reason, to ask good questions and critically assess the answers. Our intuitions, instincts and reflexes honed over years of experience and habit. The problem arises when we limit our view of the world to just one of these. We must ask ourselves reflective questions like, why am I feeling this way? What practical changes can address the circumstances that have led to this feeling? Can or should the government play a role in this particular situation, and which elected representative is best placed to influence change? If we can find answers to these questions, we will be one step closer to a smiley face for Aotearoa New Zealand. Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Mathewa, goodbye for now. <laughs>